The podcast you're about to hear is made possible thanks to the generous supporters of patreon.com forward slash Ian Bowlesworth and patreon.com forward slash Burials and Beyond. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to contribute and you'd like to get involved, there's tons of other content on both patrons as well, then please consider coming, joining and helping the project along. Thank you. Welcome to Loopholes, your weekly discussion podcast about all things esoteric and esoterotic. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 that works for me. I'm Kate Cheryl, or Sherelle, if you wish. Dr. Kate Sherelle. Dr. Kate Sherelle. And this is my gracious co-host, Mr. Ian Bolsworth. Hello, it's very nice to be here on episode two of Loopholes. Yes, it's very exciting, isn't it? Quick question from me before we start. Okay. Where do you live? (laughs) What is this place? It's lovely. I live in a lovely, lovely I, market town. I drove to your house. Yes. To record this. Yeah. We went out to get a coffee before we started. <laughs> yeah. Heavens. Not to get away from what we're here to do. This is just a very brief diversion. We sat outside a hotel. Uh, one of the poshest ones in town. Yeah, it yeah. was very nice. And while we were there, a lady and a gentleman. The gentleman was on a disability scooter. They yeah. called those yeah. things. They arrived next to us. We'd finished. Mm-hmm. And the lady was quite chatty. She was. She I was. thought it was... I, I actually thought she was quite engaging. And she had a sort of naive charm to her, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but was talking to us as if she knew us. Yeah, she was straight in, very familiar. Letting us know that she normally... <laughs> she said that she normally has the tuna sandwich when she's there. Now, I've never had anybody say something like that to me quite so flirtatiously. Because she said, I normally have the tuna sandwich but not today, and then winked at me, (laughs) right? Which becomes all the more sinister when I reveal to your listener what we assumed. So if we don't know this for definite, when the gentleman came back, the lady said, when are we going back to yours? And it wasn't like a joke. It was... It was very sincere. It was quite sincere. Like they were waiting for the nod for when they were going back to ours, (laughs) quote unquote. And I said, are we? And she said... Are you Phil? And I said, no. <laughs> and then we left quite, quite, quite quickly. Yeah. But I don't think we left as in, we didn't run out of there, but it was... It was very much, we are not the swingers you're looking for. <laughs> so I go back to my original question. Where do you live? What is this place? <laughs> there was a bar, cocktail bar, opposite where we were, which had a sign up that said, closed due to digital disablement, which we later found out meant that the man had broke his fingers. <laughs> And I thought that meant like it was the like card edge, machines yeah. weren't working yeah. or something. <laughs> I would call that digit disablement, not yeah. digital disablement. But maybe that's the correct English, I don't know. You're smarter than me, you know about words and things. Is that could that be right? Digital disablement? I would never ever try and understand anything that appears in a shop window around here. Okay, well we've had a lucky escape anyway. So now we can settle down and speak about all aspects of esotericism knowing full well that we have dodged a bullet. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much, I think we should say, to all the lovely comments that were on Patreon only, because the first episode was 
on Patreon first. Uh, Patreon comments, lovely on mine, all lovely on yours. Yeah, all really lovely, really encouraging. Lots of stuff saying that we've got great chemistry. Great chemistry. Which is probably because we know each other. Also, I mean, don't, that's not how you speak to listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. We do. Well, we have what great chemistry. <laughs> anybody now in the future saying there's great chemistry? Okay. When you've gone, oh, great chemistry. <laughs> oh, oh, very original. <laughs> well, maybe that's because we know each other. <laughs> You're going to make a comment. Can you try and make it intelligent, please? I'm a doctor. I did. <laughs> I didn't. It was a lovely comment to hear that. It's very reassuring. So disparaging. No, this, it was really, really lovely to have such nice, positive comments. Like, this we've got great why, co- chemistry. I can't even say it now. That's how good it was. so many people drop out of academia, this is, because <laughs> you're so unwelcoming to just normal people, of which I count myself. Really? <laughs> That's optimistic. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, go on, carry on leaving your podcast. <laughs> it was really nice. There were a few others on both of our Patreons saying yeah. that it was like listening in to people talking in a pub, which is lovely, but also... I'm, t- I'm never sure about that, you know. I'm never, yeah. I've had that said about quite a lot of podcasts that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that as an insult at all. That's a, that's a nice thing. Mm. But I always wonder if that means that I'm not doing it particularly well, that it, I'm doing it too, too casually. Do you know what I mean? I think it's more that it's genuine. Yeah, but okay. it's it's yeah. not forced and mega regimented. Yeah, sorry, I thought that's what we were doing today. I thought we were insulting the people that had left comments. Sorry. <laughs> Just you'd set the bar to do that. I thought that was. Probably there it. were lovely comments, and thank you all for for being so nice and so encouraging. Because obviously, I'm kind of new into the fold, so to have such nice words, <laughs> and so to have really. You can tell she's new, can't you? Uh, yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> can't even put a sentence Shut together. Up. Um, well, well, here's the thing: you're not new into the fold, so that's that is the problem with it. Is yeah. if you think of it that way, you're not new into the fold. Mm-hmm. You've not come into a fold. This no. is a new thing. So both you and I are both yes. new into the fold of loopholes. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So let's you and I think of it that way. What are we going to be moving on to today? Because we sort of set the stall out last week. Yes. With who yes. we are, mm-hmm. and the general idea of what this is about. But I believe you have a topic that you wish to discuss today. So today, as tempting as it is to just talk about how we could be just brilliant swingers, yeah, I think it would be really good if we talked about the world of psychics. Okay, that's like, right. Okay, hot topic. Yeah. Certainly for me. A lot of loopholes with that one for me. Mm. Do you want to just get into it straight away? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do that. Let's go. Welcome to Loopholes, episode two. Now, before we begin, can I just say something that is going to be connected to what you wish to talk about. Okay. It's a loophole mm-hmm. that I see in things. So it's an accepted premise that I don't think is correct. Okay. And it's because I saw Yvette Fielding yes. recently, mm-hmm. the erstwhile Blue Peter presenter who moved into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. It's a natural and, progression. Yeah. Presented or co-presented the most haunted program in the UK. It might be worldwide, that for all I know, I don't know. Very, very big. A lot of fans and things. Got a lot of people into ghosts, I guess. Mm-hmm. I saw her recently in an interview talk about that one of the things she was proudest about with Most Haunted, and I'm paraphrasing here, so forgive me if I don't get the exact words, but this is certainly the tone of what mm. was being said. She said that one of the things she was proud about from Most Haunted is how much comfort they gave to people yes. by proving, she may not have said prove, but establishing, I guess it was, yeah. that there is life after death. Yeah. Now, my initial internal response to that was, hang on, all the people that you find are all, like, screaming in cellars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
and yeah. desperately unhappy and wailing about the place and chucking bottles at anyone who comes near where they haunt. So I don't know how comforting that's going to be, really. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it depends on your definition of, of comfort. If you want to know that Granny lives on yeah. because there's a murdered chambermaid screaming in the cellar of a pub yeah. in the arse end of nowhere, then great, okay, yeah. that's that's some reassurance. But I think definitely with programmes like Most Haunted, they're not sitting down with grieving individuals and saying, you know, so-and-so's soul is in the spirit world, yeah. they're happy, they're cheery. Well, there is a disparity in that, in what they are showing the afterlife to be. You know, if I thought of my grandparents are still in the houses they lived in, wailing and banging on walls and things. Yeah. I wouldn't really feel very comforted by that at yeah. all. But the reason I mention that is because that is also a blanket that's thrown over psychics and mediums and things like that. Yes. Yeah. You know, that it provides a comfort, which I would understand on a logic scale. Mm-hmm. So logistically, I understand that argument more with psychics or mediums. Should we establish... what? Yes. I don't want to sound too thick here, but I just realised I'm not sure what's what. Is a psychic someone that can see into the future? It's really... The boundaries are really blurred between psychics and mediums. It's really... It's the most complicated Venn diagram. Okay. And it is confusing because a lot of it's to do with, like, self-definition. This is where she's good, by the way, listener. (laughs) This is where she's good. It's like having Wikipedia right next to you all the time about ghost stuff. (laughs) Nothing useful. All about all weird stuff. (laughs) Go on, forgive me. So a lot of mediums, if they're working mediums that are yeah. like offering a service, will promote themselves as like psychic mediums or things like that. So broadly speaking, yeah. all mediums are psychic, right? but not all psychics are mediums. So who, that's really who helpful. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to use um, one of my favourite chaps of all time, Mr. Yuri Geller. Um, loophole. <laughs> loophole challenge yeah yeah just that just, just that just a general that. one okay well i i love him i respect him and yeah. his many spoons you respect him do you actually respect yuri geller <laughs> do you though I, am, I know you I have do, a bit yeah. of a fascination with him and a I bit really of an interest do. and maybe a borderline obsession with yuri geller yeah but can you genuinely look me in the eyes now and say you respect him elements of him i do you respect I'm listening. Go on. He's a very savvy man. I probably don't respect him for I mean, so is Putin. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, yeah. when you look at, you know, the, yeah. ma- the manipulative people. But do you respect him? So, <laughs> <laughs> do you know, he's, he's opened up a museum in Jaffa in Israel and he's got the world's biggest spoon outside. And I, I don't really want, want to, visit to it. promote him, really. Why wouldn't you respect someone with the world's biggest spoon? I'm actually asking you seriously. I know you're trying to make it into a funny little bit. No, I'm, I genuinely I'm think... You, do you genuinely respect Yuri Geller? I think his, especially in terms of his branding right. and his dedication to his self and the Yuri Geller that he sells to the world. Again, I'm sorry, I'm not to pause you there. I, I, I agree with all these things. Yeah. Does that earn respect? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never be rude to him. I'd never be rude well, to no, Yuri no, Geller. Well, no, nor would I. I said that already. That That's I, an element of I, I respect, I wouldn't be rude to someone's face who I didn't know them, but yeah. I'm not sure that respect would be the right word for me, personally. Yeah. Nor would the word like come into play, yeah. either. <laughs> See, I don't find, unlike other, maybe like celebrity mediums or things like that, mm. I don't find him to be particularly exploitative. Okay. I think, obviously, there's a lot of question marks over his career and a lot of controversy. Doesn't he live in a gold house? <laughs> Metaphorically speaking... Is well off, right? 
as far as I know, extravagantly well up, is, as far as is, I can see. Yeah. Hasn't he got a car that's made of spoons? It, no, it's not made up. Stupid. Okay, well then elaborate. It's covered in spoons. Yeah, well, bolted on. <laughs> It would imply to me that he's earned a lot of money, and to yes. earn a lot of money, you must have exploited what you do in some way. So whether that's you exploit it in a credible way, or what I would deem yeah. to be a credible way, by just doing the work and getting good at the graft and all that sort of thing, or whether you've exploited the naivety of others in believing mm-hmm. this this huge yeah. facade that you've built around yourself in, yeah. in how I see it. Which brings me back to the, I guess it is a loophole question, a mm. loophole challenge certainly. Yeah. Is the right word respect? <laughs> I would say I do respect okay, him. Okay, fine. Well, that's, what, that's your prerogative completely. I know. I, it, you know, there, there is conflict there for me as well saying it. Do you even remember why you mentioned him? Yes, because I'm on about psychics. Okay, let's go. So even Yuri's autobiography, of which I have a, a copy here. I'm still staggered is, that you just used the Yuri. Like he's... Well, it's, oh, like it's he only... around every now and again. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. We're going to be best mates. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Stranger to, things have happened. To be honest with you... He would have some front having a go at you for pretending you were closer friends than you are. <laughs> <laughs> that would take some nerve, wouldn't it? <laughs> In his autobiography, yeah. he claims that he has psychic powers. Okay. Although now he doesn't necessarily describe himself as a psychic or having supernatural powers. He's kind of rebranded himself without denying it. But what are psychic powers? Going back to the original point of it, mm-hmm. what is the difference between a psychic and a medium? Because I think people do, and I do actually, I think I've done it today already, interchange those two mm. things, but they're completely different things, right? There is an overlap. So Yuri Geller is the overlap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but have we not closed the loophole of Yuri Geller now? <laughs> no, no, we respect the loophole and we leave it where it is. Don't use we when you talk <laughs> about respect. But he's just like a brand, isn't he? He's just a thing. He's like Nike, essentially. I think he's a really good example of all the different facets of psychics. He's basically gone through the psychic checklist. So if we broadly say that psychics use intuition rather than contact with the dead to receive information, and this can be about someone's future, someone's past, the present... So this can be things like, you know, telepathy, telekinesis, remote viewing, which is a really good touchstone that most people will know. Remote viewing, like using Zena cards and picture cards behind a screen, like at the beginning of Ghostbusters, when right. there was that test going on of can the girl identify what's behind the screen? That is kind of a testing for, for psychic powers. And what's that? It's called remote viewing. Though. Remote viewing. Yeah. Not to skate mm-hmm. over this though. Uh-huh. So a loophole within a loophole mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and I can't believe we're using Ghostbusters <laughs> as an example. <laughs> yes. But it actually serves as a good example. Yeah. It is proven in that film to not be real. Well, it is also a fictitious film. It shows you... No, no that's what, but what I'm saying is, the tale in that is not that anybody can see behind the card. Yeah. The tale is that Venkman is pretending that mm. she has got it right because he's trying to cop off with her, is what the intimation yes. is. Yeah, yeah. But that is presenting a legitimate psychic experiment that people still use today. And some people claim that they are able to identify the cards. Okay, so this is where we're actually honing in now. Okay. We've stumbled upon something here. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that the idea of a psychic and correct me by the way if I'm getting this wrong if I'm saying the wrong thing but the idea of the power of the mind of receiving messages as you said being in in some way in touch with a different plane I guess yeah places that are outside of the corporeal world yes if that's what it's being framed as yeah it also applies to just kind of positive thinking and just kind of there's plenty of documentation isn't there there's plenty of Mm -hmm. evidence in the world 
But if you alter your attitude to something, yeah. if you're very down in the dumps about something and you think it's not going to work or you've written it off before it even starts, there's a better chance of that actually failing. Whereas if you approach something with a very positive yeah, attitude yeah. and a very committed attitude to something, it's more likely to succeed. Yeah. That's generally accepted, yeah, right? There's definitely an element of crossover with mindfulness and positive affirmations and things like okay, that. Okay, so, so the, the loophole you need to close there then... Yeah is how do you define which is which? So Yuri Geller could say, mm. hey, very positive life, do this, this and this, and also I receive messages from elsewhere, or also I am in touch with the universe and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, right, well, it, it, is there actual tangible evidence of that? Or are you just doing the same thing that a counsellor will tell you to do, which is to adjust your thinking on mm-hmm. something and adjust how you feel about something? Yeah. And you are more likely reap more positive results so i think it's the the layering on of it being in some way magic yeah yeah when you speak about remote viewing in ghostbusters it wasn't that etc etc it was being fraudulently examined if we accept the premise of the story yeah then what is the evidence to the contrary of okay. that? Well, I think with the Xenocards, there is a bit of a crossover with telepathy and remote viewing. Yeah. The problem is when we talk about what evidence is there for psychics, because there are so many facets to it, it's like a never-ending spider graph. So the whole field, broadly, is parapsychology okay. or, or psi. And that has been studied, really, for centuries now by very, very high-up academics and people far more intelligent than, than either of us. Right. And each of those fields is a specialism in itself with different experiments and guidelines. Because when you're dealing with matters of esotericism yeah. in academia, the guidelines and the scrutiny each of these individual scholars and departments would be under is generally far greater than their fellow scholars that would be studying something rather more tangible or rather more conventional, especially in terms of psychology. Right. When you look at tangible evidence, there are several very high-profile studies that are easier for us to understand, because a lot of the time when you really delve into psi, it's it's just beyond me. We're getting into real techie business. Again, might have landed on something accidentally there, which is you've got two things going on, all under the same banner. So you've got the tangled web of academia yes. that's overwhelming, even to an academic. Yeah. And then you've got the celebrity mystification going on on the other side of the fence of people like Yuri Geller or people or Noel Edmonds even, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, maintaining that if you think really positively, then you will be drawn towards a sealed box and a bigger number in it, yeah. which is patently nonsense. Mm-hmm. Because that's not positive thinking. No. <laughs> that's something that you have literally no control over, unless you are actually psychic. Yes. So if we take the example of deal or no deal, which weirdly I've been speaking about loads of So much this week, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> but uh, if we take the example of that... Can I just cut to the quick? Go on. Are we going to say that Noel Edmonds is a psychic? Because I'm totally behind this. No. <laughs> Cutting to the quick is, I was in the Deal or No Deal studio many times as the warm-up. Yes. Okay, so warming the audience up to get them in the mood for Noel Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever debating my abilities and talents, I used to get people in the mood for Noel Edmonds, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Honestly, I'm untouchable. <laughs> But I can tell you firsthand, Mm -hmm. from right in front of my face, live in the room, that I saw people 100% absolutely, unshakingly positive. Yes. 
go away with one pound. Yeah. I saw it. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. saw people convinced, getting the whole audience to chant, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I saw it. And it wasn't that there was doubt or anything like that going on. They were certain yeah. they'd picked the right box. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the right box. Yeah. So my contention would be, the loophole that I think needs closing is if you've got something where it doesn't work, it's not a perfect science. This. Of course, yeah, yeah. So if there's a claim, either positive thinking or reaching out to the universe and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing is a real thing, mm-hmm. then it has to happen every single time. I truly believe that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But also, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, if you really train yourself, you can have these amazing psychic powers. But I certainly have, as you know, now you've visited my house, a hell of a lot of books that are yeah. a practical guide to using your psychic powers. Yeah. If I were more in that camp, then I could argue, yes, people can develop these powers, but it's a lot of mental training, Yeah. much like manifestation theories and, and mindfulness in itself. So it's the same thing. But in order to be effective would require far more dedication and time and training than half an hour with Noel Edmonds yeah. chanting at a box. Yeah, but the loophole that I would be confident to close mm-hmm. is the element of coincidence and chance. Yeah, of course. So chanty, 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 box, <laughs> box, box, win, 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 and all that sort of thing Yeah, will occasionally fluke it. Occasionally you will open that and it'll be 100,000 or whatever the prize was. Yeah. But it's an equal chance, or whatever the percentages that deal on a no deal were, of it coming up as a quid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't influence it. You're just being positive that, come on, yeah. good things can happen. Mm-hmm. But that's not to do, is my contention, with any link to the universe or any yeah. link to any external forces and things. I don't believe that. Until you can say something is foolproof, mm-hmm. does that not just have to be closed as a loophole? I don't necessarily think so. I think the field is so broad and the studies are so large and so ongoing that you've just got to leave that loophole a little bit slack. But if we've established, though, that part of the reason you can't analyse the data of this mm-hmm. is because the element of chance is part of the study. So... Oh, no, absolutely. So that's part of the problem. You hit nail on the head. With these studies that are then peer-reviewed, you know, so they go through hell to even get through to the the publishing stage like the people that are studying it are trying to close the loopholes themselves right so people are still trying to find watertight experiments and methodologies examples so such as what one's called the gansfield procedure which is where subjects are blindfolded in like a soundproof room and then they're asked to describe a film clip that they haven't seen and then it's either shown afterwards okay or it's played at the same time as they're being asked to describe it in another room i see it's quite a, a basic procedure but that is a good way of testing remote viewing and precognition and so that has been adapted and adopted by many scholars over many universities and are the people that are being tested have they made claims themselves that they are psychic i don't think is it so. that they're, so they're just I, I think as far as i know checking people randomly don't quote because obviously this this procedure has been used by so many different people so i yeah. can't have read many of the studies at yeah. all but a lot of them they're just get a cross-section of people so it's just to test the everyday man and by getting a cross-section of people from different backgrounds different ages things like that i think you've got a better chance of getting coherent evidence yeah whether or not that will prove or disprove the theory is irrelevant it's like trying to close every loophole on the way to the experiment itself a bit like the x-men in it they're trying to the mutant gene they're trying to recognize that's exactly this yeah it might yeah. not even know they've got it themselves although in x-men it actually a lot of the time it's because there's been a bit of bother yeah <laughs> <laughs> like they've set fire to the cat with their mind or something <laughs> 
completely open to that. I'm open to the idea of testing people mm-hmm. and looking for evidence of something that there are claims about yeah. in people that aren't making that claim about it themselves. Yeah. I'm absolutely on board with that. Again, and that's I... what the majority, really, of parapsychology studies are today. The majority of legitimate, respected scholars, yeah. and it is, a, I've said with my own stuff, it's a complicated field to kind of immerse yourself in. Yeah. A lot of the people in there, they don't want to prove their viewpoint they just want to finally give accurate evidence whether it proves that everyone's magic and the x-men are real yeah or people who claim to be psychic yeah. are frauds so the problem that we have the people who are messing with the test tubes here are the ones who are stomping about shouting that they are psychic and that they can either find the right box or mm-hmm. bend a spoon right yeah i suppose so would they deserve our respect those people for messing with science <laughs> But then again... I can't believe what's about psychics, but the bone that I can't let go of is you <laughs> saying you respect you <laughs> I'm so sorry. Can't handle it. <laughs> but it messes with it, doesn't it? Because what it does, what I maintain with this is that the celebrity mysticism yes. has to be closed as a loophole. It has to be. It is completely unproven. Mm-hmm. You know, Yuri Geller could go on telly in the 70s and say, think really hard, get your broken watch. And also... Did everyone have a broken watch? Is that a thing? Oh, I mean, I've got a pot of them around here. Okay. So then they would do it. Yeah. And then they go, yeah, and we've been told by this person, this complete stranger yeah. has rung us and said that their watch is working. No check. Yeah. There's no check on it. Might not have even been a real person who rang yeah. up and all the rest of it. It is so flimsily skated mm-hmm. over because it is about personality yeah. and celebrity and it's got to be dismissed. Surely that's got to be closed down. So to cite Yuri Geller in evidence... Is surely dangerous ground. Well, I I think it really is the difference between... I know you like him. I'm not being horrible. Just let me have a moment. (laughs) It's the difference between... You can kind of take that. Just don't compare it to Beethoven. (laughs) (laughs) It's the difference between sort of proper heavy scientific journals and popular science. Not exactly the same, because obviously this is dealing in something intangible. Carl Sagan once said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Mm. So it's always going to be too dense on one side Mm. for the normal man, the modern man, to to understand. Mm. And I'm including myself in that. It's, It's frighteningly complicated. But that also opens up a whole avenue for celebrity yeah. And exploitation, not necessarily exploitation of, of other people, but certainly exploitation of the self and financial opportunities. So but if we cut to the quick on this, mm-hmm. is there any evidence? Is there anything? Is there any tangible evidence? Has there been a... Is there somebody locked up? <laughs> it's been too in, powerful. You know, yeah. Is that a thing? It's been a genuine concern for governments looking into psychics and... Our mate Yuri, he was looked into by the CIA. Has there been a genuine concern this year? I mean, modern world. I don't mean 70s. When people were believing all manner of nonsense. (laughs) The most modern, ongoing evidence Mm. are things like... Deal or no deal. Deal or no deal. And psychics assisting on police cases of of missing persons and murder cases, things like that. But isn't there quite a lot of evidence of that happening and them really really messing, messing up, up the case yeah yeah i'm not saying that it is it is a flawless example yeah. i think that in itself is a very interesting field not that it isn't a hugely flawed field yeah because there was um a popular psychic writer called sylvia brown okay her whole career although she was incredibly popular was marred with examples of her incorrectly 
claiming things to do with missing persons. Yeah, which isn't cute, is it? No, you know that's, I mean? it's no... not funny when there are human consequences. Yeah. Life or death consequences. Which is the danger of somebody saying, oh, my husband's gone missing. Yeah, he's dead. And then his body being found was saying, see, I told you, I could see that he was dead. Yeah, the danger yeah. of that is <laughs> that doesn't prove that you're, you're psychic or that you knew it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if he wasn't dead, as is often the case, yeah, you've really messed with an oh, investigation. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's it's not an incredibly flawed, yeah, very very complicated field. Yeah. But I think in terms of evidence that's worthy of study, yeah, I think that's a really interesting field. But how would you practice? You know, there's people that would still maintain that psychologists, mm-hmm. you know, working within investigative teams and things, yeah is messing with it or, you know, saying, well, the killer is this, this and this because of what they've done. It's a man, he lives alone, he's 40 years old, you know, that sort of, there's people Mm. who will debate that still. Yeah, because it's not tangible. And the only thing you can ever really be sure of is something tangible. If that's debated, Mm. something that has a decent basis in science and psychology, Mm. to wheel someone in who shuts their eyes, looks at the ceiling and goes, I'm seeing a Vauxhall Astra. So the killer drives a Vauxhall Astra, definitely. To actually apply (laughs) any credence to that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it's not incredibly dangerous. That's why when you watch these shows of like psychic detectives and things like that, which I am a big fan. Yeah. They have been heavily edited. They're not going to show you a psychic saying, oh, he's dead, he's rotting in a field. Is it too then, much You know, to Graham say... was found having an affair with the neighbour. Yeah. Is it too much for me to say, I think they should all be horsewhipped? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think... They should never be allowed even in a police station. Yeah. At all, unless they're arriving at it in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. I'm not going to object to that. I'm, I'm not going to argue for a psychic unit. But the US Department of Defence yeah. spent many years doing in-depth studies of, of psychic phenomena with a kind of an intention to see if they could harness it in warfare. They basically wanted a squad of psychic soldiers. Who was the president at this point? Jimmy Carter. This project was called the Stargate Project. Okay. If you've seen the film or read the book, The Men Who Stare at Goats. John Ronson's book. Yeah, that was the Stargate project. Yeah. So it was a very, very real, very highly funded look into the power of of so-called psychic abilities. Yeah. So a lot of money has been and continues to be pumped into the study of parapsychology, not only by academic institutions and by individuals, but by governments. So in conclusion, what loopholes would you say now from the discussion we've had Mm -hmm. need to be closed? Mm Mm-hmm. For this to be taken seriously moving forward. For it to be taken seriously. You know what, what you're going to have to say. I know, but just just let me just build up to these things, right? Take your time. Just what, what things <laughs> that loopholes need to be eliminated. <laughs> In order to give respected science from institutions more credence. Not worried about emotive. Literally, what needs to happen here? You know what, I need I need to stop. That's what I need to do. I need to stop no, my obsession no, with Yuri it's not, it's not you that needs to stop. It's not you that needs to stop. <laughs> Don't let Yuri Geller psychically gaslight you. <laughs> um, I'm not personalising it to him specifically. I'm saying if this is something that it has real world yeah. influence mm-hmm. or is relevant... It needs to, we need to remove the boy band aspect of it. It's got to go. Yes, yeah. Like, in order to broadly give more credence to the field of parapsychology, yeah. the celebrity aspect has to be 
pushed away. And I think that's a theme that's going to come back time and time again. If you're asking me to suspend my disbelief with this and mm-hmm. to look at this objectively yeah. without any emotion or even any experience, really, what has to be removed from it are the people that you, the ghost people, <laughs> champion. Yeah. You've got to stop watching Most Haunted. You've got to stop listening to people like Derek Akora, may he rest in peace, if indeed he's even dead. I'm sure he's perfectly happy with Sam wherever they are yeah. right now. But you've got to stop watching their programmes. So am I not allowed to be in those programmes? I appreciate... I've got some really bad news. You have got a big quandary. <laughs> no, I really do. Because you've already filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> You're already on the crazy train. <laughs> Speaking of asinine portrayals of serious matters, we now get to the part of the show where Dr. Kate Sherrell here will be telling us about a celebrity seance again. Yes, absolutely. Without singing it. Just try and just say the words. It's time for everyone's favourite section. Yeah. Celebrity seance. No, just try and say it. Try and say it. Celebrity. Yeah. Seance corner. (laughs) And I believe that the bullet that we dodged last week has now found its target. Yeah, me. So you dodged it. Well, I've still got to hear about it. I sat and watched two and a half hours of a seance to contact the spirit of Diana. Now, now that you've done that, so just truthful response to this straight away. Yeah. Last week you wanted me to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. Now do you feel like I was correct to veto that? And that it would have been a very cruel thing for you to do. I think it would have been a very bonding experience. No, no, I'm not after like bonding. we were squaddies together. Not after bonding. Even though we're not having a row, I still stand in opposition. I took one for the team. Yeah. Should we put it that way? I well, thank you. The what the seance was, was the Princess Diana seance. Yes. So they were claiming that they contacted the spirit of Princess Diana. Is that true? Is that what they claimed? Should we sack this off? Was it... Is it <laughs> Is that what they claimed? I mean, it's... it's... I, I've got a dog in the fight as well on this, by the way. Yeah. There was a thing about the whole situation when Princess Diana died, certainly when they were arranging the funeral as well. Not only was it tremendous heartache for, for, for the family, you know, for the nation, as it, how it played out at the time, but there were also people in entertainment who were directly impacted by that because, of mm-hmm. course, her funeral kind of became a gig. And Elton John certainly took the crown, as it were, at that when he performed a reworked version of Candle in the Wind. But I know for a fact that other people were in the mix to be performing at that. And it just, basically, the king said simply, simply, the big gig here. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be performing at the Princess Diana's funeral. I don't think, feel very confident doing that. Simply, just listen, I have a great idea. Okay, pop this blonde wig on. (laughs) King, I'm not sure that I should be doing this. Okay, now lie down. <laughs> Basically, yeah. went with a lot of confidence. Was going to sing out a reworked version of Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> but I simply kept... <laughs> when there was an audience there, simply kept getting really excited and singing Do the Right Thing. <laughs> and apparently, in rehearsal, it was generally agreed that he over-sexualised the whole thing. <laughs> He probably shouldn't have been gyrating his hips in that way. Yeah, especially not towards the casket. No. <laughs> ah, oh, ah. Simply, please. Since <laughs> my baby left me. Oh, ah. Simply, you're ruining this. <laughs> Get back in your closet. <laughs> Just push past the sugar babes. <laughs> I mean, is there the sugar babes? I don't recognise any of these girls. <laughs> Go on, do your sales. Oh, right, okay. Well. I will have to Joe, say. Yeah. 
not far be it for me to critique yeah. your presenting skills. Yeah. But if you sound <laughs> like I know. If you sound like you know you're about to waste people's time, <laughs> then people are less likely to invest in it. I appreciate that you have had a lot of your time wasted, but that's I would argue a yeah. lesson you should learn. <laughs> I spent seven quid on that DVD. Again, I've absolutely mm. zero sympathy. My full review of A Seance to Contact the Spirit of Diana. <laughs> yeah. If you pardon the pun, it's an absolute car crash <laughs> in the seance. <laughs> I do. I do on this occasion pardon the pun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It, on, honestly, it makes the Elvis Presley seance look like Citizen Kane. Okay. It's hosted by Patrick McNee. Okay. Who you may remember off of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. But it had amazing appearances from her psychic healer, her astrologer, a bloke who met her once. Yeah. And a woman who never met her at all. Right, okay. And there's a talking head from Muhammad Al-Fayed. Okay. <laughs> there's also a lot of banging and crashing sound effects at the beginning. Right. That seem very, very distasteful. Yeah. It's three seances. Okay. Two in London. Right. And one in Paris. Oh, God. Near the Eiffel Tower. Right, okay. Relatively close to the tunnel. Yeah. The seances, I'd say, aren't the most concerning right. aspect of the whole DVD because there's this big preamble of the two psychics who are a married couple. There was a lot of pushing the idea that Diana herself was really interested in developing her psychic powers okay. and had had training to become a healer. Okay. So it was presented as, why are there so many pictures of Diana touching people, touching you know children's heads? Yeah. Obviously, she was trying to cure them. Is the credible testimony for that as being a thing, or is that just literally what somebody has attributed to a photo? It's a little bit of truth in it. There's okay. a grain of truth. She did know all of these people. She was interested in astrology. But a lot of these interests came about during kind of the lead up to her divorce. Okay. So it was a, a very tumultuous time. Okay. Again, this is without knowing the full facts myself, mm-hmm. so I'll put that in as a caveat. Yeah. But for example, I would have no issue with somebody on the very sad day that Urigella leaves us doing a Urigella seance. I've got no problem yes. with that. That's on brand. Yeah. It's very <laughs> For what fitting. he was like. Yeah. Regardless of the emotive thing we're putting on top of it about it was in during a difficult time. But if that was a thing that she was into, then I'm I'm getting less and less problems with it because it feels as though if she were around and it was a seance for somebody else, she would have been interested in it. The DVD keeps escalating. Okay. And they try and justify each escalation. So they say that Diana was actually psychic and had powers as a child. Right. And they gave the example that she foretold events and gave two examples. Don't jump that light. (laughs) Look, two examples. Yeah. Two examples. The first one, she predicted that her father was going to have a stroke. Second one, she predicted that Charles's horse was going to have a heart attack. That's it. So she was magic. But, oh, I can hear you asking, what was Dodie Fired's flat like in London? Okay, well, I will say now your psychic ability is way off today. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the man off of the couple yeah. went round and tried to psychically sound out the flat. Because it was kept as he was when he was alive. Oh, was it? Was it? A shrine. Was yeah, it? yeah. Flats in London and Paris. Oh, was daft, that. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of sadness here. The magazines he would have read. The sweets. I see he likes lollipops. So that was that. (laughs) But also, they went near the Ritz in Paris, where a psychic breeze was guffing about. Oh, yeah. And her spirit roams around Paris. 
if you're Diana's worried about done. that. Diana's does, yeah. just, just pottering about. And they both went through the tunnel and they kind of like seeing if there were any psychic imprints from the accident. Right. And the woman said, I'm getting newspaper men and all things are happening. So that's really perceptive. They both felt that like a, a psychic energy was following them, leading up to the seances. So the spirit of Diana was not only with them perpetually, but was getting stronger. I mean, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't have been hanging around that tunnel. That doesn't even logistically make sense. No. Let's suppose you were stuck there. But if you were stuck there, how could you then be at the seance as well? Yeah. Unless it's just turning the distance shouting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she was at Ritz a minute ago, so I think she just yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there were two separate seances in London. The seance is, is pretty standard. She goes round each of the people saying, there was someone on this table, this is the one where there was a woman there who just liked her. Right, yeah. Didn't, never met her. Yeah. And she said to this woman, are you associated with cakes? Mm-hmm. Now, if that was me, I'd see yeah. it as a comment about my weight. Mortified, yeah. I should get a slap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting lots of cakes. Like too many cakes. Far too many cakes I'm yeah. getting. I'm getting comments from your mother about the size of your arse. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I, I'm a waitress. And so the medium said, ah, oh, but that, that isn't what you want to be. If you've got aspirations for the stage... Being an actress, so right. that was a shocker, and she did, and so immediately after that, they found so out. We can draw that, can't yeah. we? So that's. I think it's mo- cold reading. Most so. people would get that. So yes. most people listening would understand that. Would get it. That's, that's so straightforward. Yeah. To say you're not happy being a waitress, are you? Fair chance most people that are waiting tables have mm-hmm. aspirations beyond that. Saying you want to be an actress or some sort of performer, they're sat at a recorded thing right now. Yeah. They're proving desirous. Of, be, of having cameras on them. Yeah. It infuriates me, this. Well, it's all right, because that came to an end with the spirit of Princess Diana sticking her tongue out at James Whittaker. <laughs> so, the next seance. I don't want it to be a motif of this podcast that I demand that people be horsewhipped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I must have got to the age of going, bring back the birch. <laughs> For everything that I disagree with. In the second one, there was a woman there who was a, a royal aide who helped Diana. Right. And... With her, he kept saying there's something to do with sweets, and it turns out that Princess Diana's favourite sweets were, as he said, something very, very soft, pillowy soft. Mm. That's right, pear drops. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Diana was there, but maybe a mouth was so full of sweets that he couldn't quite hear her properly. So the third seance... Which is the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I was so relieved when this right. one came up. <laughs> was close-ish to the tunnel. Okay. This was one I felt really, really uncomfortable watching. This was a different sort of psychic hosting it. She was a a channeler. She sort of leaves her body to the edges of her aura and her spirit guide comes in and that's where the problems arise. So her spirit guide is someone called Saint Germain and she had a little group of three women who could then ask questions to Saint Germain who was kind of a elevated being you know all knowing about diana but this spirit's guide had a very strong accent kind of don't do it i'm not i'm I'm really not going to my career is worth so much more than this it was kind of spin the wheel of the Indian subcontinent. Okay. And she spoke out the side of her mouth. Right. Which And and did they speak to Diana? Saint Germain was kind of relaying answers. Not necessarily from Diana, just facts about Diana that he could bring from the spirit world. Yeah, or from Hello Magazine. Yes. There's an awful thing with this, even though we're being light about this. Yeah. This applies regardless of your attitude to either the royal family 
to what happened, the aftermath of, of Diana dying and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing, regardless of how sneery you could be about it. And I think yeah. we've probably all been a bit of that at one point or another. Yeah, but yeah. if we boil this down to its core, yeah, it doesn't matter what her name was. It doesn't matter what the driver's name was. It doesn't matter what her partner's name was. None of this matters. It doesn't matter who they are, what they're standing where in society. None of it at all. They were brought to their most vulnerable point. Mm. Again, in a very public way. But even that doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter that there were press there. It doesn't matter that there's paparazzi. None of that matters. What this is boiling down to is exploiting a gory, graphic, horrendous end to a life. Mm. And it's just utterly inappropriate. I mean, I, I'd say I love tat more than most. Yeah. I like bits of royal memorabilia. I'll have a cup of tea out of a Fergie mug. Yeah. But even I have my limits. And yeah. I think this is very much dancing on them because it felt so... As it went on, it felt so dehumanising. Yeah, it's gory and disrespectful. And the, the constant speculation on the nature of her relationships on who really loved who, what would they have done if they'd lived, would they have got married, would yeah. they have done this? It's it's no one's place to speculate on that, and certainly not people who said that they were trusted confidants of Diana. You can speculate on it, just don't say it's via a ghost. Fair. Biographers speculate, don't they? Yeah. For people that they didn't know, you can yeah. speculate on it, just don't say that she's told you in the spirit world. Yeah. It's really inappropriate. I'm going to do the right thing! Simply, you never ever judge the right moment. <laughs> up episode two of loopholes with simply picking the wrong moment yet again what's he like what eh? is he like simply he's gonna end up having a cult following i imagine (laughs) i imagine i'll end up drawing him as a cartoon yeah that you can buy on reasonably priced shirts to show your support (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for joining us once again i have been ian bolsworth and i have been kate cheryl Sure. And Kate, do you want to do the social medias and all that sort of business? Yes. Do you want to do the admin? I would love to do the admin. Please do get in touch if you fancy. If you've got any comments, questions, concerns. Criticism. Cri- yeah, they'd be gentle. Take that well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send to very petty people any criticism, please do by the following means. So you can send us an email at loopholespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Loopholes Podcast, Instagram at Loopholes Pod, and on Twitter at Loopholes Pod. So give us a follow, a like, all the rest of it, and we'll all have a lovely day. We shall see you next week. Bye. In the middle of the next... No! It's finished. Loopholes is an infinite hermit production in association with Burials and Beyond, with Kate Cheryl and Ian Boltworth. Music by Thomas Funderay. Produced by Ian Bolsworth.